0: No question that electronic music strongly benefited from the existence of women that were generally uncredited and forgotten in their time. This is a problem that plagues women across all fields, but perhaps nowhere so glaringly as the realm of electronic music, in which many of the early advancements of the form were imagined and executed by women artists. Delia Derbyshire is one of the most intriguing figures in the history of avant garde music, and oh, right, she low key wrote the iconic theme song of the Doctor Who original series a technological mastermind and troubled perfectionist wrapped as one. She changed music history by innovating TV background music and helped foster a sense of true weirdness for BBC television of the 60s and 70s. With electronic music, Derbyshire created a sense of subversion that hid in plain sight. Yet, you guessed it, nobody gave Derbyshire even 5% of her due, and so she led a pretty troubled life. Born just before World War II, suffering from alcoholism and dark bouts with depression in her later life, She was a woman of much secret pain and inner conflict. She's also one of the most important composers of the 20th century and a total badass. Even at school, I had this great interest in sound, the theory of sound. You know, the waves, the waves, the waves. When asked what inspired her offbeat ideas, Derbyshire would often reflect back on the sights and sounds of a traumatic childhood. Born in England in 1937, Derbyshire was still a toddler during the Coventry Blitz, in which her hometown was repeatedly bombed by German forces over several months, causing massive fallout and carnage. The noise of air raids, sirens, shoes clacking against cobblestones as people fled for their lives, and humans undergoing massive trauma served as the early soundtrack to Derbyshire's life. Again and again throughout her musical career, Derbyshire implemented echoing industrial noises as the haunting overtones of her soundscapes, inspired by the horrors of her youth. Derbyshire was not just a music, but also a math major, and it was the merging of these two fields that gave her the results we now know as the Delian mode. As her partner at the time of her death, Clive Blackburn would note, she utilized graph paper and rulers in her compositions, viewing much of her work as part song, part equation. Condescendingly reduced often to more mathematician than songwriter by some, it was in truth her obsessive attention to detail combined with an ability to apply that to music in a way that was mathematical and analytical that pronounced her genius. Women can be multifaceted. To understand Delia Derbyshire's career and the history of electronic music, we must first look to Daphne Orham. Working as an electronic composer beginning in the late 1940s, Orham created compositions that merged orchestration with manipulated takes of the orchestration created on tape, predicting the modern use of loop pedals by decades. Building on recording techniques put forward by contemporaries like Halim el Dab, Orem would go on to revolutionize the process. Like you do. was a major driving force behind the development of the BBC's Radiophonic Workshop that would later employ Darbyshire. Rejected across the board by higher-ups as well as fellow sound engineers due to her gender and her challenging ideas on how to create compelling electronic music, Orm would sneak into the BBC studios late at night to record and experiment with sound. When the workshop was finally given space, Orm quickly ended up leaving the organization due to the stifling presence of men that used her ideas and refused to give credit or even basic creative freedom to Oram. Although she went on to found Oramics, which in turn became the basis of much of our understanding of recording electronic sound, Oram was likewise underappreciated in her time. Still, her influence on the direction of electronic music and thus the trajectory of Derbyshire's career remains unquestionable. Say what you will, Oram paid it forward. The technology available lent itself to Derbyshire's obsessive nature. Today, electronic music is created almost entirely via computers, and it has slowly caught up to being capable of duplicating Derbyshire's process with significantly less effort. But in the early 70s, Derbyshire was working in tape. While multi-tracking these days is as easy as the click of a button, in Derbyshire's time, it was a complicated and meticulous process that required layering strips of perfectly timed tape over other strips of tape to create a soundscape. Each sound would have its own strip, Thus, the concept of Derbyshire using rules to measure where certain sounds belonged demonstrated a remarkable level of intuition and an intimate knowledge of her equipment. In a time where a single mistake could cost hours or even days of work, Derbyshire created a seemingly flawless archive of ambient sounds over decades using perhaps one of the most complicated methodologies of all time. I spill coffee on myself multiple times a day while using the exact same coffee maker that I always use, so color me impressed. Another important aspect to her work perhaps owes something to Orem, who believed that microphones themselves were instruments of mind blowing potential. In today's world, as a great deal of music is created via the use of samples, Orem's interest in the analog development of such a practice reads back as almost precognitive. After Orem had left the BBC studios due to no longer having a single damn left to give, Derbyshire took that theory further by recording a great deal of noises ranging from sticks on tin cans to noises created by half-empty wine bottles alongside truly random tones. For example, the aforementioned sirens, people's voices, the sounds of cars, and countless other things. Seldom using acoustic instruments at all, microphones and tape machines became her tool of choice. Here's Derbyshire herself speaking in The Delian Mode, a documentary short made by Kara Blake in 2009. I was told in no uncertain terms that the BBC does not employ composers. And so it was only by Gradually sort of infiltrating the system, that I, I managed to do this music. Uh, I, I think you'd call that music, wouldn't you? It was during her time at the BBC that Derbyshire discovered an unused written score by the composer Ron Grainer, who himself enjoyed a long career scoring films, including the utterly bonkers The Omega Man. When Derbyshire presented her adaptation of his work, he didn't recognize it as his own and he was extremely impressed. To his credit, Granner made a case on Derbyshire's behalf to have her work credited, but the studio claimed that it would violate their policy of not crediting workshop members and letting the pieces stand alone as mysterious artifacts. Their specific motivations for this are difficult to say, but it certainly saved them a lot of money in royalties. Derbyshire was not to be credited for her contributions on the Doctor Who soundtrack within her lifetime, despite her work. The BBC changed their rules later, but they wouldn't change them retrospectively. If they had, then, you know, she'd have got a lot of money from the Doctor Who thing, which she got nothing from. Though she generally produced her work alone, there is something to be said of Derbyshire's many collaborations. While still at the BBC, she also did some work at the Kaleidophone studio with future collaborator and conceptual noise artist David Vorhaus, who would go on to create the project White Noise. There, an Electric Storm album prominently featured the work of Derbyshire, the album, like much of Derbyshire's solo work, was not well received in its time, but has gone on to achieve cult status. Without McCartney of the Beatles approached her to record an electronic backing track for the song Yesterday, which never came to fruition, but no doubt would have changed attitudes about Derbyshire and her work. She briefly formed a collective called Unit Delta Plus that successfully did put together an early performance of avant-garde electronic music, but they ultimately disbanded. Besides that, she briefly teamed up with Anthony Newley for a single, but as he moved from England to the United States, another project didn't happen. She worked for Electrophon briefly and collaborated with Yoko Ono on the score for a short film that seems to have been lost to time. Regardless of her accomplishments, depression about her career prospects and a series of personal disappointments caused the perfectionist Derbyshire a great deal of pain, and led her to first leave the BBC, then the industry at large. Though she contributed much to the sound of British television and film of the late 60s and early 70s, it was perhaps more than she herself realized— as artistic success failed to manifest for her. She did pieces of music for other sci-fi shows, Time Slip and The Tomorrow People, as well as working on the soundtrack for 70s horror camp classic, The Legend of Hell House. In 1975, she stopped producing music, but subsequently left behind hundreds of pages of unpublished work that remain unavailable due to complications of copyright. Not great. She wasn't very good at deadlines. She was an absolute perfectionist. Even if it sounded fine to everybody else, she would still want to re-record it and re-record it till she thought it was right. As with many women of her generation, Derbyshire wasn't given much opportunity to fully discuss the blatant and startling levels of sexism that were directed at her as a female audio engineer in the 1970s. But even with that in mind, historians are well aware of the many ways in which her career was stymied and thwarted repeatedly throughout her life by an inability to recognize her as a valuable artist due to her gender as well as the peculiar nature of her music. When she expressed a strong interest in recording and composition after going to school for just that, it was suggested to her that she instead consider working as a salesperson or a receptionist for the companies that refused to hire in that capacity. Decca Records flat out admitted that they would not consider a woman for engineer work. When she was hired at the BBC, it was in many ways a godsend, but it likewise limited her career in failing to credit her for her significant contributions to the success of the studio. So that sucks. Clive Blackburn, Derbyshire's partner for the last two decades of her life, has observed in interviews that she continued to make music privately for her entire lifetime, regardless of her painful disillusionment with the industry that had essentially used her greatest achievements to its benefit and then disregarded her. She worked various positions throughout the rest of her life after leaving the BBC, including an art gallery and a bookstore. She passed away at the age of 64. In the years since Derbyshire's passing, there have been tributes by various artists that consider her an influence on their work. She has appeared as a character in a radio play, as well as a docudrama that aired somewhat ironically on the BBC. Her work is the subject of Cara Blake's The Delian Mode. As recently as 2017, she was posthumously granted an honorary PhD by Coventry University. Meanwhile, Derbyshire's connection with Doctor Who and its legacy will remain complicated. Her status as co-writer as one of the longest-running and best-known theme songs of all time was seldom recognized even in passing during her lifetime and so regardless of her genius, much of her career reads back as a wasted opportunity. She was finally listed as the co-writer of the theme song in 2013's The Day of the Doctor, some five decades after the original premiere of the series. Women making challenging new music are under much of the same threat of being disregarded by their peers and forgotten to history. While men are held up as the gold standard, the women that have created many of the most groundbreaking works in the field are reduced to mere footnotes. In the end, they deserve better, and so did Delia Derbyshire. Forgotten Women of Genre is a production of Sci-Fi Wire Fangirls. Today's episode was written by Sarah Century and read by Preeti Chibber and produced by Cher Martinetti. You can find the script of this episode and so much more at sci Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sci-Fi Fangirls.